being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. The Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560, The Source. All right, and here we are, KLZ 560, Drive Radio. We appreciate you listening today. Jeff Corwin, JC's British and 4x4 with me today. And Fernando, his good friend, joining us as well. Fernando, you know, what is your last name? We didn't get that. Uh, Miranda. 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 Like the Miranda rights. I hope they've never been written. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's one Just of those things I've always wanted to avoid, by the way. Mm-hmm. Good man. Yeah. I uh, know, literally, when I, I tell people this a lot, I know they, they laugh when I say this, but, you know, I, I grew up and my dad was very big on this, but I've been the same way. Two things in life, Fernando, that I've always wanted to make sure – happen number one that i never got those miranda rights read to me number two i always had a roof over my head those are kind of the two biggest things that in my world that i wanted to make sure happened not go to jail have a roof over your head and by the way the roof over my head not being three square meals a day in a jail cell you know i was getting ready to make a joke about that. <laughs> good one gary and erie you're up sir yeah john uh I, my wife's car had the same problem as the other gentleman that was just talking about that electrical issue. Sure. Uh, hers was a 2010 Edge, and we'd go through a battery just about every year, year and a half. And for some reason, it was actually killing the battery because we'd take it in, have it tested, and nope, they'd give us a new battery. Hmm. And that went on, well, that went on about five times. So last year, I took it down to Sheridan Auto Tech. And they had it in their shop for about a day, and they were going through it and everything, and they couldn't find it. They didn't charge me anything but an hour, but uh, thanks for that. But uh, they just said they couldn't fix it. So we just kept putting new batteries in, and that's all the way, the only way we could figure out to fix it. Really? Yep. Yeah, and, that's, and as you know, that's not really, that's a Band-Aid, not a fix. True. True, but uh, you know, having it diagnosed and, and whatnot might drive somebody crazy. Oh mm-hmm. no, no doubt, no, it, would. it sure would. No, you're correct in that. So, I figure 150 bucks every year or two years for a new battery isn't that bad a deal. I, I got my sanity. Well, yeah, yeah, can't deny yeah, as that. Long, as long as you're able to manage it, you know. Of course, the. The time taken to, to actually find the actual issue and the actual repair as far as whatever parts may, need, may, may be needed could very well exceed replacing a battery three or four times over. So, Yeah. yeah. Sure. Sheridan Autotech guy, uh, you know, the, the owner called me. He said they, they actually got one in. I think it was a Fiesta. And uh, they took it apart literally on the inside and it was tracked down every wire and still couldn't trace the problem. Amazing. Yeah. Well, and that that goes into the scenario of 
while it's a problem to us, it could actually have been something that was just not engineered correctly on the you know circuit boards, the right. programming of the computer systems, and no shop's going to find that kind of stuff. Right. It's just oh, just not absolutely. reasonable. Right. No, I agree. Yep. I agree. Yep. That's all I got. I appreciate it, Gary. No, and, and Fernando, you know, you, you've been around long enough to know that, you know, A, those are some of the hardest things to, you know, diagnose and fix or could possibly be and get very expensive. And then Dennis Brewster, who was on Fix It Radio with me a little bit ago, said the same thing Jeff did. That, you know, in a lot of cases, those are going to have to be tested in exactly the same conditions as to mm-hmm. what's going on, you know, cold, being outside, and, and what have you. And, and Fernando, and this is something that Jeff and I were talking about during the break, you know, the ability now for technicians to critically think, keep logbooks, do the thing they need to to really go through these processes. I'm not trying to be negative, Fernando, but we're losing this in teaching the next generation of techs how to diagnose. Uh, you're 100% correct. There's, uh, there's a, a knowledge gap, and that gap seems to be wider and wider every day. So um, it, it's it's a reality that we're all facing right now, right? It's, it uh, is, and, and it ultimately can can impact uh, you know our ability to uh, you know to provide all the right services. So, and, and by the way, Fernando and you and Jeff both, you know this. This isn't just the automotive industry, by the way, that's experiencing this. I mean, I talk to people every day from every different industry out there, whether it be you know consulting or or you know on on the radio itself that I do daily and so on. Uh, this is affecting all industries, not just the automotive industry. We have lost this this uh, training, teaching, if you would, to our young, our younger generations, plural, not just a single generation, but plural, when it comes to you know critical thinking skills and how do you go through and diagnose things properly to get the end result. We, we've lost that. Yeah. yeah, I think we've also lost, you know, a lot of the the younger generation also has lost uh, interest in learning those skills. Yes. So mm-hmm. some of that is, you know, some of that is a problem that we as a society created because we, you know, I remember growing up and everyone was talking about go to school, get a degree, be a lawyer, be a right. doctor. Right. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I think Jeff is a prime example. He's, you know, he's dealing with, you know, construction issues and his building, and a lot of that has to do with a lack of skill. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. No, you're 100% correct. I'll, I'll take it one step further, and this show I tend to not get political on, but I'm just going to say it like it is. I think it's part of the biggest reasons we've had some of these COVID issues that we've had for the past two years and even trying to get back to normal. We've lost the ability to read data, critically think. I mean, there's been studies that have come out that show which, you know, which group of individuals think that if you get COVID, you're going to die. And there's a certain group of individuals out there, political party, by the way, that thinks if you get COVID, you've got a 50% chance risk of dying no matter what age you're at. And that's just not the case, Fernando. The data doesn't even back any of that up. But my point is, we have lost those critical thinking skills to even go look at data and understand what it says. Yeah, it, it's easier to uh, you know uh, go on the internet and go with the narrative right. instead of thinking thinking on, by yourself. No, you. Uh, however, I do. I am. I'm, I'm the ultimate optimist, and I do think yeah, that you know we are, uh, you know, we're course correcting a lot of that. And and I think you know, uh, Jeff is a prime example, right? Shop owners that are really thinking next level and innovating and pouring into their team and, uh, you know, making it more attractive Agreed. for the younger generation to, to work in cars. And, well, and, and, and also so getting them to understand, the, to your point, the benefits of the money that can be there, the security that can be there. I mean, let's face it, Fernando, you and I both know that your long-term trajectory 
uh, getting in the automotive industry and working that industry, whether that be on you know the management side, the service advising side, the technician side. I mean, the reality is, if you get your foot in the door, you're you know you and I, all of us, you, I, Jeff, you know Larry on the other side of the glass here, we're all living proof that if you get in there and stick with it, you you can make a lifelong career out of it and make money doing it. Absolutely, absolutely. I would go so far. Uh, I would think, and, and maybe I'm biased because this is kind of how I started out. I didn't start out being, you know, a technician-minded kid. I didn't start around cars. I started with engineering. I started with electrical, had car problems, got into mechanical engineering, automotive engineering. And I found that I love working with my hands so much that I didn't want to really work as an engineer and draft things up and just have designing done. I wanted to actually work on the products themselves and Mm -hmm. build things myself. and I think maybe that's a great way that we can reach out and expand uh, the awareness of our industry is reaching out to the people that yeah. are being pushed towards engineering and saying, hey, look, if you actually like to work with your hands and you want to build things, don't just, don't just focus on the straight engineering side of it. Good point. Right? Good Let, point. Let's merge well, the two um, together. Yeah, and I would almost say here in the very near future, we may have to merge the two together, right? Yes. It's almost going yes, to take Fernando. an engineer to work Agree. on cars. Agree. <laughs> no, spot on. You're, you're, you're 100% correct. Uh, Fernando, when we come back, I want to take a quick break. When we come back, are you comfortable or, or you know, what's your thoughts on supply chain issues, especially on the parts side and so on? I talk about it quite a bit even during the week, but is that something that you want to give us some insight on? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd be more than happy to give you my two cents on it. All right. Let's do that. We'll come right back, guys. Don't go anywhere. If you got questions, lines are open. 303-477-5600. You can text us a question as well. 307-200-8222. And we can answer those that way. But we'll be right back. We're live on air. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Gino's Auto Service in Littleton is your go-to shop for all your car care and vehicle maintenance needs. For over 38 years, Geno's has been serving customers along the front range. Take advantage of savings on all of Geno's premium Napa auto batteries. Stop in for a free battery check. The team at Geno's are big believers in catching problems before they start. Take advantage of their free multi-point inspection. They'll evaluate your vehicle, looking at your fluid levels, belts, hoses, and filters. And remember, any maintenance or repair work on your vehicle comes with the Napa Peace of Mind Warranty, covering parts and labor for 36 months or 36,000 miles. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. They're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon in Littleton. Take advantage of Geno's free battery check this month. Stop in or visit them online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. 
Don't say anything and don't give any information that is asked. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents. So put this number into your phone, 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Fernando, talk to us about supply chains. And Jeff and I were talking a little bit about that during the break, so we can kind of chime in as well. But where, you know, where do you see things headed when it comes to, you know, let's face it, we're seeing shortages in a lot of different areas, including the you know the auto parts world and so on. But you know, give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, you know, so earlier we were talking about the skill shortage as well, right? And we started talking about how that's impacting the automotive industry and construction. The reality is that that's also impacting the distribution system as well. Uh, a lot of the bottlenecking that's happening that's causing some of the uh, uh, supply issues has to do with again skill set. If you think about you know, uh, and I think this was a, a couple of months ago. It was on the news quite a bit, quite a few times. Uh, the, you know, the bottleneck that was happening at the port in uh, Long Beach, mm-hmm. uh, where there was uh, up to 80 or 100 uh, cargo ships uh, sitting there idling right. because they didn't have anyone to unload them. So part of the issue is the, you know, the truck shortage, the truck driver shortage, and even the warehouse shortage, uh, warehouse worker shortage at the ports. Uh, those are the folks that are in charge of unloading the cargo ships and then obviously, you know, getting them off to the final destination. So I think a lot of the issues that we're seeing uh, are really just from a distribution system that is uh, very much strained due to the lack of labor uh, that we're all facing. Yes, and, yes, mm-hmm. agreed. So, I, yeah, so I think, you know, the... the you know, just like with any other system, and that, that even goes to, you know, automotive components, uh, when, you, when you put strain on a system, uh, it, it's going to find the faults and the cracks and the inefficiencies, and the same thing is happening here, right? And, and I do think we're going to con- continue to see this issue for, uh, for the near future. I agree. Uh, um, yeah. And, yeah, so, um, you know, I mean, obviously that's impacting – our ability to service customers and get their vehicles fixed on a timely manner, um, including, you know, uh, um, so I not only are, you know, the ability to get parts is one thing, but also it, it seems like the cost to be able to get those parts, it's, uh, it's, it's gone up tremendously as well. I remember, you know, this was back so. when I was with Advanced Auto Parts uh, and I was talking to some of the buyers and it was very common for us to get a shipping container uh, for about $3,000. You fast forward to now, and that shipping container uh, will cost uh, 30, 40, uh, upwards of $50,000. Yeah. And that's, you know, that huge that increase. Cost is, 
Yep. It is. And, and that cost is going to get passed over to the end user ultimately, right? I mean, yep. Right. That's the reality Always. of it. I, I talk about that during the week all the time, Fernando. That's one thing that I think you know a lot of folks don't seem to understand is that, you know, yes, uh, corporations and businesses like Jeff and even mine will absorb some things, but, you know, we can't absorb everything. And there's a line there where, you know, once you start to absorb things and it cuts into profit, because let's face it, we're there as a business to create profit and generate profit. And that's why we do what we do. So we take the risks on that we have and every company out there is exactly the same way. So ultimately, Fernando, you're right. All of those costs, taxes included, by the way, get passed back down to the end uh, you know, to whoever that customer is, and if ultimately it ends up going into the marketplace, and those are the consumers, you and I and Jeff, that are buying things on the retail basis, everything finally gets passed down to us. It's just the way it works. Right. That's where inflation, by the way, part of where inflation is coming from. Not only the injection of money into the market, but what you just said a moment ago is also what's causing inflation. Good right. stuff. Yeah, the inflation rate seems to be. Uh, I mean, I, the last time I checked, it was like a seven point five. You're right. And 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 growing, right? You're so correct. Definitely a concern. You're correct. All right, I've got a question coming in too via text message that uh, we can all answer, and uh, this is a good one, by the way, because I've got some some very um, staunch feelings on this one. Just wondering your thoughts on underbody coating for rust prevention. This is somebody from Michigan, by the way, that's asking this. We salt here in Michigan. We do in Colorado, by the way. Everything on the roads here in Colorado is all salt, by the way, for those of you listening. There's very, very few counties that use a sand salt mix anymore in Colorado. Yes, it's dirty salt. It's brown. It looks like it's actually got a rock component to it, but it's just brown, dirty salt that we put on our roads here in Colorado. So we're the same way. Does the undercoating interfere with repairs? Yes. (laughs) And I hate it. Or should we act like a lawyer and say that depends? <laughs> well, I hate it. I, I'm not an I'm not a uh, an undercoat you know underbody rust prevention guy by any stretch of the imagination. I hated it when I was a kid back in the 70s and 80s. It was it was awful then. I frankly, guys, don't think it's gotten any better. The biggest thing to do is just to make sure you're you're cleaning that car up after the snowstorms we're having. You're going to get salt and junk underneath it. It's just going to happen. The key is to get as much of that out of there as possible. And then at the end of the year, when there's no more you know snow, salt, none of that's let I me. Mean, it's all gone. You need to do a really good, thorough underbody cleaning at that point, and in some cases, you even have that professionally done if need be. That's what will eliminate rust more so, more so than anything. Yeah, I agree. And nowadays, uh, you know, all the newer car washes, uh, you know, the tunnel, the express car washes, uh, you know, just get the undercarriage option. It's just a couple of bucks, but especially after every snowstorm. I agree. That'll go a long way. I agree, Fernando. Exactly. All right, let's take a call. We've got time before our next break. Ron in Franktown, you're next, sir. Hello. Hello, Ron. Yeah. Hey, I've got a question. I know you're familiar with um, Dutch Cummins diesel. Yes, sir. Uh, we've got it uh, between my relatives and I, about five of them. Okay. And my cousin uh, has got a 2002, and it's losing prime within about 24 hours. Just started it. I mean, just started doing that. Um, he, he has replaced. He's got a fast pump on it. Okay. That was my next question. Yeah, he does have the fast pump, and he's got a... a, a Supposedly upgraded VP44 injector pump. How old is it, and when did they do that, Ron? Oh, uh, it was. Oh gosh, it seems like five years ago. Okay. That the VP was done. But do you have any? Are, are there any uh, 
ball checks or yeah, I was going to say, yeah, there's there, several things there that I would do, and it sounds like, you know, just because it's got the fast system and it's got the upgraded pump doesn't mean we don't have issues in those areas. So, again, everything needs to be looked at as to why it's losing prime. But I've seen things as simple as even fuel filters and things along those lines cause some of this as well. So we've got to make sure that we don't have anything bleeding off or draining back out of the system. That would be the first thing to check. Okay. Yeah. Because it can. He's been been through it, and uh, doesn't see anything, but that doesn't mean anything either. Uh, he had all the fuel line replaced uh, with, I, I guess it's high, you know, the rubber, the the low pressure side. Uh-huh. But um, so, uh, what about injectors or injector in, in the VP itself? Is there anything? Typically not on that one. Typically not. I mean, it's typically not a cause of it bleeding off. Okay, okay. So it would be probably from the VP on back or something. Uh, typically, and again, I just because here's the other thing that could be happening. If that thing even has some issues in the injector pump, but the fast system doing what it does by boosting pressure up to the pump, it could have been masking even a problem that the injector pumps had for some time gotcha. because it's able to pressurize things right. up. Right. Make sense? Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're so saying. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not ruling out the injector pump, even mm-hmm. though it's been done. Okay, well, he may have to. He's cleared out in Havasu, um, Arizona, so he may have to run it into Vegas or something. And yeah, somebody's got a little more knowledge on that and have a peek at it, yes. Yeah, so, and then one other question, if I could. Sure, sure. Um, you were talking about salt on the roads. I've just had a friend call, and his, um, one of his neighbors had to re- is going to have to replace his wheels, aluminum wheels. I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah, the salt, you know, the salt's very corrosive on aluminum. Uh, those of you that are listening, it's, you know, salt is chloride. doesn't matter whether it's magnesium chloride, whether it's, you know, sodium chloride. I mean, salt is salt is salt, whether it's in a liquid form and it's liquid when it's on the road and we've put it down and it's gotten wet now. It's a liquid form then, so it's very corrosive, yes. Yeah. Well, he, uh, he <clears throat> actually, it isn't a, a cosmetic thing. It's I guess it's causing them to leak air. Can. If it gets around the bead, they sure can. Yes, definitely. Oh, wow. And, and again, that comes back to what, you know, Fernando and Jeff and I were talking about earlier, Ron. No, no offense. Keep a car clean after the snowstorms we've had. And yep. I've never had what you're talking about happen to me personally, but I keep my cars clean. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. You, you keep a car clean, you're not going to have those issues. Right, exactly. So, well, okay. But that's, yeah, that uh, can happen. I, I thank you for that too. And uh, yeah, Jeff, you've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. Now, can they be fixed? Sometimes. Yeah, there's some, some impressive companies doing some yeah. wheel repairs that there I is. did not think was so, a thing. Yeah, can you know? Do they need to be tossed completely? Not necessarily, because yes, they they actually can be fixed. Gris in Fort Collins, you're next. I don't know where I got it, but they didn't give it to me. I thought you gave it to me. Go ahead, Gris. You there? Hello, Griff. Yes, this is Griff. Sorry. How are you, sir? Griff. I'm okay. Hey, listen, I got an unusual problem. I've got these uh, buses that I uh, occasionally use during the winter time. I, I use them heavily during the summer, but uh, I'm, I can't plug them in. There's no good place to do that uh, to keep the diesel from getting too warm. And I'm just wondering if there's any kind of system you might know about with solar panels or something like that that. Uh, might be able to help me keep those that fuel tank uh, warm enough. 
So you've got no you've got no uh, 120 volt outlet anywhere close by. Correct. The closest one is uh, 70 yards away, and not mine. I see. So you you are yeah. So you're you're dead in the water when it comes to you know plugging in the block heater is what you're trying to say. Correct. Yeah, that's a problem. You can run um, some diesel anti-gel, of course, as you know, in the fuel that does help, but that doesn't help keep the engine warm and keeping things going there. You can keep the, the fuel from gelling with additive, and there's, there's you know, 911, by the way, not, nothing against, you know, BG, one of our greatest sponsors that we've ever had here. They make an anti-gel, you know, uh, component, but 911 actually makes an anti-gel that if it's gelled, it will ungel it, literally, and it works. Okay. Okay. It is some of the best product in that world I've ever seen when it comes to that end of it. All right. So just before I would drive, I'd put some of that in the tank. Yeah, and, and again, you know, and again, for you, as you know, our only issues in Colorado on the diesel end of it is when we start getting below, you know, 10 degrees or so, it becomes an issue. Anything above that, it's really not a huge issue here. So, you know, we've really got maybe two to three weeks out of the entire year that you're having to you know, talk about doing something along those lines. And in that case, in your world, the 911 would probably at least help you keep things running and keep it start. I mean, the other thing, the other option, if you've got the ability to do it, is periodically start them, but that's not always easily done either. Yeah, I, I often the day before will go out and uh, start it up and let it run for 10 minutes or so. That helps. Just, uh, yeah, and, and just try and make sure that it's ready to go. And But it's often that I can't, you know, I can't do that for one reason or another. Right. And uh, Or it gets really cold overnight. And I just want to be sure that I don't let people down when they do need me during the wintertime, uh, you know, to be able to get out there early morning and, and get them going. Yeah, that's, that's one so, way. I mean, that's one way to do it. I mean, other than trying to figure out some way to have power out there, I, you're, you're, you know, you're just really up against everything we're talking about. I don't know what else to do. Okay. I was hoping you might have had some experience that uh, I hadn't heard about before. So only in that much. only in that manner. I mean, typically with you know in my world, we try to plug things in if you you know if you absolutely you know have to or if you can. Uh, again, you can't always. And and I tell you on the diesel, that's why folks don't realize this, but that's why a lot of those trucks at truck stops when it's ten below never stop. They never shut them off. Right, I understand that. You know, for sure. Yeah, that's and okay. for those that, for everybody else there that that doesn't really understand that. This is why. That's why they don't shut off. Got it. Appreciate it. You bet. Thank, Thank you. No, appreciate it. I wish I had a better answer. But in Fernando, unless I'm missing something on the additives and that, I don't know of any I don't know of any other way to do that. It's, it is what it is. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the you know, uh nine eleven is a good option. Uh I, I was gonna say though, I, I, I know that they make uh, a solar powered generator where you can then plug in a heater. That's true. Uh, maybe look into that. I, That's a good point. No, you're I, right uh, on that. They do. They make they make big packs that you could. I, I you know I don't know how many buses there are and what the draw on that would be. You know because the the block heaters draw quite a bit. But you you've got a great point. And if they only had to run a couple of hours until you you know until you had to fire it up, that's an option for sure. Hadn't thought of that. Good one. All right, guys, we've got lines open, got half an hour left because we're going to replay the first hour. So uh, please call us, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back, though. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie, distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. 
According to the owner's manual on my wife's brand new full-size Japanese crossover, her 3.5 liter direct inject engine might consume as much as one quart of oil every thousand miles. Stop. Hold on. Yeah. One quart per thousand miles. That's right out of the owner's manual. Unfortunately, we see this exact same thing in many new engines. So that begs the question, why are modern cars consuming oil? Where does it go and what can we do to prevent it? First, we have to understand where all the oil is going. Oil loss can occur in basically one of three ways. First, a good old-fashioned oil leak. Those are the spots that you see out in the driveway. Second, oil loss can occur through evaporation. Modern engines recirculate crankcase vapors back into the air intake through PCV so as to minimize atmospheric emissions. As much as 15% of your oil can be lost to evaporation and still meet current API standards. The last and most concerning cause of oil loss is the introduction of crankcase oil into the combustion chamber via stuck or gummed up piston rings. When this oil is consumed during the combustion process, it leaves behind harmful metals that can actually weld themselves to the piston top or downstream in the catalytic converter. All of these are severe problems, but most of them can be prevented. First, it's critical that you use a high-grade oil at every oil change. In addition to that, the oil must be fortified with a strong antioxidant package like the BGMOA to help the oil resist oxidation through its life cycle, as well as strong detergents to keep the ring seats clean and free from gums and varnishes. Additionally, a product like the BGEPR will clean all of the internal oil passageways and ensure proper combustion through the restored compression and minimized blow-by. As with all vehicle maintenance, an ounce of prevention will surely save you a pound of dough down the road. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the novus link that's novus autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio As the cold comes in, don't let the heat go out. Call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air for all of your HVAC, electrical, and boiler needs. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. They specialize in HVAC, boilers, and all your electrical needs. This is not the time of year to mess with heating issues. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, focused on doing the job right at an affordable price. They are a top-rated home services company with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. For a limited time, KLZ listeners who purchase a high-efficiency American Standard Furnace will receive a free air purification system. Terms and conditions apply. Call now for an estimate on your new furnace, 720-526-0231. For 
care, quality and service beyond compare. Call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. You might be misinformed about your home insurance policy, and while you're making the claim, is not the time to find out. Paul Lewinberger knows this and will educate you about the types of home insurance so you can make the right choices. There are three different kinds of home insurance. Structural home insurance covering the outside, liability insurance for if someone gets hurt on your property, and contents insurance for possessions inside the home. Paul knows that the insurance money received after a big loss is often not enough for total loss replacement. In fact, with other companies, there is no such thing as total loss replacement. That's unique to Paul. Make sure your coverage matches your premium. Otherwise, you can't have the peace of mind that you should have with insurance. Work with someone who will make sure you have the right policy. Call Paul Lewinberger at 303-662-0789 to learn about getting coverage that gives you peace of mind. Spring and Easter are just around the corner. Pre-order a delicious smoked and spiral sliced Easter ham now at ranchfreshmeats.com. Don't spend money on a ham that you have no idea where it came from or how the pigs were raised. No hams found at a retail store can be traced back to one single farm. Ranch Fresh Meat sources hams from the Beeler family who raise only the highest quality Duroc pigs raised humanely without gestation crates. Check out the attributes of a Beeler's family ham. Real hickory wood smoked, no nitrates or antibiotics non-GMO vegetarian feeding regimen, and the hams are just the most delicious natural hams found in the market. You must pre-order a Beeler's ham prior to February 15th to get one for Easter, so don't delay. Go to Ranch Fresh Meats for details, and don't forget to download their new app for iPhones. Just look for Ranch Fresh Meats at the App Store. All right, we got about a half an hour left. Drive Radio KLZ 560 because at noon we're going to replay the first hour because I'm going to go to Monster Jam. So you guys have a question for us, please let us know. Myself or Fernando Miranda, by the way, which is his last name as well, Jeff's friend who he brought along, drug in here actually today yep. on the phone with us, and Jeff Corwin from JC's British and 4x4. So thanks, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And thank okay. you, Fernando, for taking time out of your day. We appreciate it. No, no, yeah, of course. Uh, Jeff didn't drag me. He offered to pay me, so I... Ah, good one. <laughs> good one. <laughs> nice. No, I, I'm happy to be here, actually. Uh, I, I hang out with Jeff every now and then. Uh, you know, he joins my... Every every other week, I do a coffee and conversation with a lot of our clients, and uh, he he joins me, uh, so I figure I return a favor as well. Well, that's yeah. great. We No, we appreciate it. You're welcome anytime, by the way, and we appreciate it very much, so... Uh, thank you for doing so. All right, lines open. By the way, guys, 303-477-5600. Anything you got for us, please let us know. We'll get you right on air, 303-477-5600. One thing I was going to mention, too, that uh, I didn't really prep either Jeff or Fernando on this, but Dennis and I were talking about this before we came on air on Fix It Radio. And that is, guys, and I hear this so much. I get emails on this from time to time even. And it comes down, or the question comes down to, you know, I got this estimate to have X done, where else can I go? Or I got an estimate to get X done and it seems really high, you know, what are your thoughts? And, of course, I'll go through and look at things and kind of break things down. And, you know, Jeff and Fernando, by the time I'm done, I'm really, typically I'm looking at it, reading it, thinking, well, I don't know who this is or what shop this is, but for what they're doing, they're probably not charging enough. I'm usually coming back the opposite. There's not a lot of sympathy on my end for some of this stuff because I understand what the costs are, what the labor rates are, what we should be charging. And a lot of shops, by the way, and Fernando, you know this firsthand, you know, a lot of shops are not. 
but I think the other thing that we need to make sure that we're, we're you know, training people on is when somebody says, well, hey, that seems really high. I think, I think you could get that done for X, or I'll help you do X, or, oh, there's a way you can cheat and get that done for less money. Um, anytime I hear, I hear that word cheat, and I'll give you an example of this. Anytime I hear that word cheat, I think to myself, okay, first of all, what are they doing? What are they skirting around? What are they not doing correctly in the repair process to quote unquote cheat? And let me give you guys an example really quick. So on my old 2004 Dodge Diesel, Jeff's seen the truck. He knows it very well. And it's a great truck. But the, the uh, mode doors, Fernando, went out of it here. Oh, first, I think the second snowstorm I plowed snow this year, the mode doors went out. I still had heat and all of that. That was working fine. But I couldn't switch from defrost to vent to floor and all of that. And on that Dodge truck, there's two different mode doors that take care of all of those different functions. And so I did a little bit of research, and I knew those were a problem, and they are. And there's a company that, that makes a really nice aftermarket aluminum door for those that doesn't have the same issues the plastic doors that they come with have. And I was looking at all that and thinking, okay, I can buy these doors for even less money than I can from, uh, you know, from the dealer or, or the OEM side of the fence. But online, and I'm not knocking these guys, they show you how you can cheat and put the doors in by not removing all of the dash. You cut the airbox and you put it back together and you use some different kind of tape and different things and they'll supply you with all of that if you'd like my point is this guys could i have cheated saved a bunch of time and if you were charging a customer saved a bunch of money and putting these doors into an early model dodge truck when it comes to putting these mode doors in the answer is yes but then you've got a cut up air box which me personally i did not want so we did it the right way took the dash out put all of the stuff in like it was supposed to be. We did it correctly. Does it take longer to do it that way? And would have the price been higher if I was charging to have that done? Absolutely. The price would have probably been double the way I did it versus the way that it was done with the quote-unquote cheat. But Fernando and Jeff, those are some of the things I'm talking about when folks get prices and they think, oh, there's got to be a cheaper way to do that. Well, there may very well be, but is it the right way? Right. Makes sense? Yeah, that's a good point. Always got to be aware of that. You know, and it's it's kind of one of those scenarios. There's there's almost a way to cheat in anything in life. And here's the thing: Are you aware of the engineering that goes involved with the things that were laid out the way they were? And are you aware of the repercussions for for following that cheat? Right. right? It's right. just like guess what? You can get home faster by cheating. What's it called? It's called speeding. Right. What happens when you speed? Right? Good point. No, it's a great point. <laughs> anyway, and anyways, Fernando, you, you, by the way, you can steal that from me and use that in other examples down the road if you want to, because that, that was a great example of how, you know, you could have gone to one shop that's going to cheat, going to take those doors, basically cut the, cut the, you know, cut the air box all apart. Yeah, they'll piece it all back together. And yeah, at the end of the day, will it work? Absolutely. But is it done correctly? No, it's not. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, I, I really, I think though, uh, this is more a matter of value, right? And yes. What I mean by Absolutely. that is, yes. So value means different things to different people. To some people, it means what's the cheapest I can get it for, and to other people, it means what am I getting for the money I'm spending? What right. am I, you know, what am I getting for uh, the money that I'm giving you? And uh, let's face it, right? Not everyone uh, has the ability. Uh, financially to, to be able to fix their cars properly, and, and we have to be cognizant of that. And I think more and more shops, uh, I know, Jeff, you, you're doing this as well, but the, more and more shop owners are offering different payment options for those folks that truly cannot afford it. But, you know, the, the reality is that, uh, you know, uh, automotive repairs uh, can be expensive, and some 
to some, you know, to some uh, people out there, that can be the difference between buying groceries or fixing the car. So I think, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be more price aware versus the other consumer who just wants to understand, hey, what am I getting for, uh, you know, the money I'm giving you? And, and that goes to the whole experience from, you know, do I have an ASC certified technician working on the vehicle? Uh, do, do they offer, you know, a shuttle service or a loaner car? Right. Uh, or even uh, an Uber ride home, uh, do they have Wi-Fi? And all the different little things that uh, shop owners are now doing to enhance the overall customer experience. Right. But I think it really starts with, again, value means different things to different people. Right? Right. To some, it may mean, hey, you know, can I put this off until next month because I have to buy groceries or pay rent? You know, um, and so, again, uh, there's a lot of different payment options nowadays that a lot of shop owners are offering so as an alternative good point but, good point mm-hmm. yeah yep jeff in western montana road salt go ahead sir hey guys uh i uh, read an article uh, earlier this week from uh, michigan and they were talking about how lake michigan has started to increase in salinity and the, the amount of salt in the water due to the salt they apply in the winter uh, running Rough. off washing off into yeah into the lake. Would make sense. And uh and it kind of goes along with what you were talking about earlier that you know with the with the repairs to the uh the heating system that nothing is consequence free. You know, the That's consequence right. of doing it right is it costs more. That's right. And the co- the cost of of cutting the boxes, you don't know what problems you've induced down the road. That's right. Um so there's consequences to everything. And so my my question to you is um you know, I, I look at the, I don't know how many thousands, tens of thousands of tons of salt that are put on the roads every year. Oh, oh millions, we, we millions started, of tons. Yeah, we started doing that because we didn't like one. Denver in particular um, is a good example. People didn't like the brown cloud that was created from That's the right. sand. That's right. Um, and, and, there, and there is certainly a health consequence to that, but... There's also a health consequence to putting more salt into the right. land and maybe affecting the water table. Uh, the yeah, yeah. Every, everything that's – yeah, people don't realize this, Jeff, but everything that's on the road goes to a storm drain at some point and is running into the rivers. Yeah, so um, – you know, and that all goes downstream. That's right. Uh, on, on that side of the front, front range, that means it's heading down probably to the Gulf of Mexico. Correct. Um uh, and so, you know, folks downstream are getting all of that salt in their water. That's right. And so, you know, do you know of anybody who's ever done a, a, a study of, you know, what's happening with the salt versus just what's happening with just using sand? Cause I, I have I remember not. growing up, sand, sand, sand was the answer. You yeah, know? no, we switched over here in Colorado, and again, because I'm in that world and that industry, uh, as you guys all know, we switched over to complete salt for the most part in this whole metro area Gosh, 20 years ago at least, Jeff, it may even be a little bit longer than that, where we really started going with what they call ice slicer. It essentially comes out of a Utah mine. It's brown salt, really can't be used for anything else. It has a little bit of a magnesium uh, chloride component to it, and they decided, hey, this works really great for road salt, and we've been using it ever since, and we truck it on in. And, you know, to, to just give you an idea of the quantity that we use along those lines, Jeff, you know, I, even as just my, you know, me little old provider, I'll use, you know, 400 tons a year or more uh, just for what we do in our operation. Just think of what, you know, each CDOT location does. And then on top of that, they're using their own 
product on the front side. They don't use chloride here anymore, but we're using a brine product that CDOT makes itself. Well, brine is a salt product, so they're just using a liquid salt on the front side as well. So, yeah, that salt content, to your point, Jeff, has got to have been increasing over the years. And, no, I don't know of a single study out there that that's that's checking that. I have no idea. I don't think anybody knows. Yeah, and 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 not to mention the damage that the salt does to cars and road surfaces and different things. Well, so and, just, and, and real quick, to, to real quick to jump in for those of you that don't think that what Jeff and I are talking about is real, go look along any of our roadways, especially in the mountains, and look at the pine trees that are along the roadways, and look at the kill that is in some of those trees. That kill is coming from the road salt because pine trees, evergreen trees, are not salt resistant. Not any way, shape, or form. So when you look at some of the dead grass and dead foliage and things that are along our highways, including the trees, and some folks will say, well, wait a minute, that tree, uh, well, that, that salt's getting into that tree through the needles itself, through what, what's you know kicked up in the air around the highway itself, plus what seeps into the ground, to your point, Jeff. So, yeah, you can look at a lot of the uh, what I call you know salt kill along our roadways, and nobody out there can tell you that that's not happening because it is. It's visible. Yeah, so I just... I, it's an interesting thought experiment of how much damage are we doing by supposedly doing a better thing. A lot. Unintended consequences. A lot. A great point. Jeff, i got to run to break, but you brought up a great point. Thank you for that. Gary, Dan, you guys hang tight. We'll come right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy. And make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Arvada West Auto and Truck has been serving all of Western Arvada, Golden, and Wheat Ridge for more than 40 years, and they're proud to keep their customers' vehicles on the road. After starting out as a small gas station, they moved into their current building in 2004. 
at 11752 West 64th Avenue. Arvada West is a Napa Gold Shop, a designation only a few in the nation receive. And after 40 years of service, Arvada West Auto and Truck achieved the Napa Auto Care Shop of the Year for the Rocky Mountain Division of Napa. They'd be thrilled to welcome you to their family. Stop by or call Arvada West Auto and Truck, 11752 West 64th Avenue, just west of Sims, or call them at 303-422-1065. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. We had another call on the, on the line. If you want to call us back, we'll get you in before the top of the hour, 303-477-5600. Dan, my old co-host in Minnesota. What's going on, sir? Oh, my gosh. You know you know what? When they talk about global warming, they forgot about this part of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what's, I mean, what's the top temperature today, Dan? So we're all the way up to minus two right now. So it's warmed up to minus two so far. Oh, boy. So it's, just been great. It's, been, it's been like this since the first of December. It's just insane. I don't know how you guys it's do that. Cold. That would drive me nuts. I, I, it is. It is. It's driving me absolutely insane. But, hey, i got to tell you something. So I bought... First of all, Drive Radio has just been a huge blessing to me, along with you, John, and everybody else. But well, thanks. Because, you know, I drive a lot. Yes. I drive a lot. I'm still driving a lot. And so I bought tires back in April when I was still in Colorado, and I bought them from a national chain because I knew I was moving to Minnesota, so right. I wanted to make sure right. I could get them Makes you know, taken care of up here. So anyway, so I, I bought 70,000-mile tires. Okay, now I've, I've rotated them every six to 8,000 miles. Done okay. the full rotation balance, all that kind of stuff, right? They now have seventy three thousand miles on them, and they're they're only like they're down to eight sixteenths or something like eight thirty seconds. Is that what it is? Yeah, eight, right in the middle of the green green range. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. That's a, that really yeah, is. It, that's amazing. It, which, which, which by the way shows you that the proper maintenance really helps. Oh, yeah, the cars aligned. That you know the tires get rotated, balanced every six to eight. It's amazing. Yep. It, it's absolutely amazing. So this preventive maintenance stuff really works. I yeah. know when I was hosting the show, sometimes I'd make fun of it. You know, I'd say, yeah, I, you know, I take care of my check engine light with, you know, electrical tape. <laughs> Put it on there. But <laughs> No, it works. But no, I, to your point, no, you're living it proof. This, it works. This, yeah. And the other thing, real quick, and I know we're running out of time, but BG products, holy cow. Yeah, they're the best. So th- this car has got 150,000 miles on it now. And... Because they did this air induction thing with the BG products, yep. where they, you know, the, the yep. air intake. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you know, I have not yet put spark plugs in this car. That's awesome. And it is running, I mean, it runs like it did the day I bought it. That's it's awesome. It's crazy. The BG stuff, and I do it every oil change, the BG, you know. It's good stuff. Uh, EPR, yep. MOA, and all that. Yep. Yeah. It's great, great stuff. So, yeah, well, you guys, you know, when you're hitting, you know, 50, 60 degrees tomorrow, the next day or so. Oh, it'll be 55 tomorrow, so we'll be thinking of you. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. We'll do it. Great talking to you guys. Enjoy the monster trucks. Thanks, man. Take care. I love you, too. You bet. Appreciate it very much. Living proof. Preventative maintenance works. It really, even on, even on tires, keeping them aligned, balanced, rotated, all that. There's a great example of that. So, guys, yes, what we talk about here, it does work on a, on a really daily basis. Mark, we got a couple of minutes left. What's going on, sir? Hey, good morning. Great show. Good to hear from you guys. Thanks, Mark. So, a uh, question. Uh, a while back, I decided to go to a Napa auto parts store and buy a solar panel to uh, to stick in my truck uh, out in the field um, as kind of a trickle charge. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a Thunderbolt Magnum Solar, which is funny because it says Harbor Freight Tools, even though I got it from Napa. Interesting. Anyway. Um, 
so it has it, it comes with two connectors an auto lighter adapter to plug into your lighter connector and then a DC battery adapter and on the box it says 1.5 watts max 18 volts so I thought well that's pretty cool but um, what about you know overcharging what what could happen if you overcharge it well bad things could happen um, and so I thought, well, maybe I need to maybe do a test and run a voltage check on it before I even connect it to the vehicle. So I put it out in the sun, connected to the to the voltmeter uh, lugs, and it read like 24.4 to 25 volts. So I thought, well, that seems pretty high, and if I put it on and it cooks the battery, well, then that doesn't do me any good on the battery. No. So... I went back to the Harbor Freight website because they don't sell the uh, the extra parts, Thunderbolt Magnum solar parts, on the Napa site. But you go to Harbor Freight, and they sell a 100 watt solar um, controller for the solar panel. So I looked on the panel, and actually on the back, in little tiny letters say, uh, "Must use a solar charge controller or a charge controller." for this charger, but it doesn't say that anywhere on the outside of the box. So I ordered the controller, and it just got in today. I open the box while I'm listening to your show, and it says on the controller instructions to unplug it when it's fully charged. So I'm a little confused. I thought the whole point of a charge controller was so you could leave it there. And this is an app. And I know you emailed me out. This is one I have no experience on these solar chargers at all. I'm going to have to do some research and reading up on them because this is one of those areas, Mark, where unless somebody else out there can help me, I have no experience on these solar chargers at all. Do you, Jeff? I have very limited. I have a, I had a setup on my little pop-up camper, and I did a, like a 100-watt panel, okay. and I did a, a charge controller, and I left it on there 24-7. And the nice thing is anytime I ever went to use the camper, the battery was fully charged. And it kept the system charged enough to use that camper for like an entire eight-day camping trip without ever having to recharge the battery at all. Um, so the setup that I had used it was very generic stuff. Um, and I never even, <laughs> admittedly, I don't even think I even read the instructions other than quite literally like, okay, you know, wire A to wire B kind of hook up, and right. I just went with it. Um, but I would agree. I would think that it... Sh- you know, the proper charge controller for a 12-volt application should probably max out at about 13.5 volts, you know, maybe 14.5, and prevent the battery from actually taking, you know, being overcharged. Uh, that's what I would think, yeah, too. If, if I can chime in as well, uh, they do make trickle-chargers, solar trickle-chargers that have a shut-off switch so that when the battery is fully charged, okay. it literally shuts off. Okay. So, and they're not, uh, I mean, they're like under, under $100. Uh, so that would, I mean... That may solve the problem. I think they, they do make, again, uh, chargers with a, a shut-off switch or shut-off process. Yeah, basically an auto shut-off. I mean, having a switch w- wouldn't make much sense because you accidentally leave it off and it doesn't charge. Correct. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, but it's auto, it, you know, it's, it's an auto shut-off, I guess. Correct. Correct. Makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, this, this is generic as far as, like, the connectors... Uh, it's already got the two-prong, you know, male-female connectors on the panel, on the charge controller itself, and the connectors for either the battery or the lighter plug. So you don't even have to swipe mm. anything. Just nice. I, I think I read in the reviews that some people weren't able to get it to work right because they were not 
making a connection to the battery first mm. to the controller and then from the controller to the solar panel right. i guess that uh procedure does make a difference which is not in the instructions but um mm. so i'm curious i just wanted to before i started further testing anything yeah. get get your guys' input and see what, what you guys thought on that there you go mark i gotta run top of the hour fernando thank you man you are welcome back with us anytime thanks for being with us today i do appreciate it sir yeah, glad, uh, glad to be here, man. Appreciate you guys. You bet, you bet. Jeff Corwin, JC's British and 4x4, give him your address where you're at now. Yep, yep. So current shop, 1631 West Hamilton Place in Englewood, Colorado. And hopefully by March 1st, our second location will be up and running at 4747 South Santa Fe. Uh, for now, same phone number, 720-227-9118. A new location will be focused on the 05 and newer Land Rovers, Jag. We'll work some Audi, BMW in there as well. Nice. All right, guys, that's it for today. Uh, Don't forget our first hour replays because I'm heading to uh, Monster Jam with my grandkids. So you guys have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday. This is KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.